A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Best Italian director <laughs> Uh, welcome to Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Roberto Benini welcomes you to Baby Geniuses podcast. Uh, hello, everybody. We're on, right? Are we on? We're on. Oh, I yeah. thought we were just yeah, what? around. You, th- you thought my Roberto Benini voice was a, f- a fuck around voice? I'm very serious about that. Hello, babies. <laughs> hello, babies. Buongiorno, babies. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man, that just really, I just really got myself. <laughs> um, how's it going? Thank you for listening to our show. Um, are you still listening? Are you still listening? <laughs> Always the question. Uh, we got our first negative comment recently. Oh, that was yeah. so exciting. That was very exciting. Uh, she came all the way to our Facebook page to tell us. Her uh, last name was Wonderwalls or something. Oh, it was Wonderland, right? Wonderland, or yeah. Wo- I don't know. <laughs> no one look her up. It's I mean yeah. you can go to our Facebook page and see who she is. But um, I guess she was a, a Jillian Tamaki fan. Tamaki I fan? guess so. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm such a big fan, but I I had to turn this podcast off after the first minute. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, fair enough. But yeah. why would you leave that comment on our Facebook? I page? know. Who is she talking to? Yeah, we are the only people who run our own Facebook page. Yeah. So. I guess her feedback was be less annoying in the intro. I guess, I mean, I, I don't think that, like, the first minute is, like, way more annoying than the rest of it. I'm pretty sure, yeah. like, if, if that annoyed you, she would have just been gritting her teeth through the whole thing. Yeah, it's true. No, if you hate the intro, then don't listen to the podcast or just fast forward to the guest. Don't and then... tell anyone to not listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know that was an option until I said so. It always does blow my mind, though, when people just feel comfortable just... Uh, telling you they don't like I don't what like you do. it. Um, yeah. Uh, last night, oh, well, we watched the Oscars last night. This is going to come out way later. But um, I was, you know, uh, tweeting it as a comedian would do. As was everyone else yeah, as at was that everyone party. Else. And I, I, I misspelled a word. And so I deleted that tweet and reposted it with the word spelled correctly because I care about that. Yeah. And someone immediately just responded to me. Wasn't funny the second time either. Whoa! Yeah. And then also that tweet that I posted got like 117 retweets. Which one was it? I don't remember. It was something about, oh, it it was. Um, Read us the tweet. Um, it was uh, <laughs> this just in uh, Anne Hathaway to pay Adele $6 million for likability classes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the whole tweet. And solid observation solid. about the likability of Adele. Yeah, the and... likability disparity there. <laughs> and it was it was evident and it resonated with many people. Like that was the only negative comment I got. Like normally like if a tweet if people don't like something I just won't get any like retweets or faves or anything mm-hmm. like that. But that was one where I was like immediately a ton of other people were like Loved talking it. about yeah, told me that they liked it. Did but... you block that person? Cuz that's what I would have done. No. And you know what? The, like Two hours later, he complimented me on a different tweet. Oh. Yeah. I love to block people who think that they can talk to me that way just because it's on the internet. Know. You it know feels what? so good to block them. I thought about it. I really did. I um, wrote a tweet recently about uh, you know, just something about how I'm not interested in people's opinions about girls 
the TV show. Oh, yeah. Just don't care. Um, Reading about pe- what people think about that show is so exhausting. It's exhausting. I don't yeah. care. And then someone tweeted at me, hipster problems, hipster people problems. Yeah. And you're like, why? Just everything I say isn't a problem. Yeah. <laughs> First of all. No. And just not relevant. And- not relevant. And that's, ugh, ugh, man, people on the internet, we hate you. Don't tweet that word at me. <laughs> I'll block you immediately. Oh, man. Just try yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's on a blocking spree. Damn, it feels good. It's the um, one place where I have power. <laughs> you have power elsewhere. Not in this room. I'm in charge. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're stepping on my chest right now. I'm recording this podcast from a horizontal position. I thought that was your thing, though. Yeah. Um, there was someone, there's someone on Twitter right now who's been hitting on me who, like, in a, in a very weird way, um, like the a uh, few days ago, he asked me when I decided to become a fire crotch. Oh, okay. Do First it, of all, what? <laughs> um, okay, fire crotch is something that you call like a redhead, and I'm yeah. a redhead, but I'm not a natural redhead, and that seemed that seemed implied in the question, like when did you decide to become one? But when you dye your hair red, you don't also dye your pubes. I mean, unless you're me and you're 16 in high school, because that's what I did. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) What? Breaking news. You didn't do that? No. You dyed your pubes? What color? Red. I I bleached them, too. It was fun. I don't know. Why did you do that? I don't know. Oh, my God. I wouldn't have said that if if you had that reaction. I love it. I'm so happy that you told me that. Really? So, okay, were you thinking the carpet had to match the drapes, or were you doing it in, like, a punk rock sort of way? Because... Neither. I was just like, this will be funny. And I have <laughs> leftover bleach and leftover dye because I have this bowl full of stuff. So I'm Weren't just Weren't you scared about putting that on your genitals? It's not on my genitals. It's on the pubic hair that's above so my genitals. So it's just the frontal pubes, not the ones oh, no, down I, and around? I, no. <laughs> I didn't. No. I, I dyed all the hair around my bubble, too. I dyed that blue. <laughs> uh, um, did it look, what did it look like? Did it look weird? Uh, it just looked like shitty 16-year-old pubes. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. That is fucking, who, did you have a boyfriend at the time? Did you yeah. Sh- you showed it to someone? Yeah, I think I showed it to him, and he was just like, like okay. <laughs> Yeah, what are you supposed to think? That's not like a fantasy about your girlfriend dying her pubes. You know, it's back when you like read uh, women's magazines and you're like, oh, he'll love it if I shave my pubes into a heart shape. And then you actually do it. And he's like, ah, uh, I, I don't know. What give to... a, I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Such a crock of shit. All of that. <laughs> Lingerie is the biggest crock of shit I've oh ever heard of. Unbelievable how much money women pay for something that men look at for two seconds. They don't care. They don't care. I've never had... A guy noticed my underwear Mm-mm. who was straight. <laughs> Not that a lot of gay guys have seen my underwear. but um, I used to have panties that said smart on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> that was a practical joke from someone at the factory. <laughs> I got them at Forever 21 and they were my favorite. Oh my God. Smart. Why? Like what we. And in like university lettering font too. Oh my God. What is the message there? I don't know, but I loved it. Um, that's really funny to me. But yeah, I think that uh, I think lingerie is the the biggest crock of shit that that ever was. Um, I agree. If if you are a man who likes um, if it's like really into women's underwear as like a thing that you pay attention to, write to us, babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. I don't think you exist. Yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about before we get to uh, weird Facebook friends? Weird Facebook friends. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, 
We're so, at the point now in Facebook where I think I don't know probably most of the people I'm Facebook friends with anymore or at all. Yeah. I mean, what's weird to me is when you did know them once, like in high school, and then they've changed into yes. something you do not recognize anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you have a dream about someone, you're, you're like, I guess it's them. But now they're like, they work for like a hospital or like, I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. When did this happen? For me, the weirdest, creepiest thing is when they used to be someone personable like an actual human being that I was friends with. And then um, and then they somehow become this, like, they get into online marketing or, like, buzzwords <laughs> and LinkedIn. And you all have a friend who got really into online marketing, right? Just, like, <laughs> creepy shit like that that I don't understand. Um, there's this one yeah. person in particular who I'm Facebook friends with, and she, I don't, I'm pretty sure she joined a pyramid scheme because I cannot figure out what she does or how she For makes her money. There's she, a lot of life coaches on Facebook, that I'm friends with, like oh, who yeah. got certified by someone. A girl from my high school joined a sex cult and now like a sex cult. And now is a certified open relationships life coach, certified by them. Wow. Um yeah, there's a lot of a lot of inspirational quotes from people who have not accomplished anything on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, this as well. person posts a lot of inspirational quotes. She also posts updates that are like, "I made eleven hundred dollars before I got out of bed this morning. It feels so great. My life is wonderful." And she posts shit like that all the time. She's really like doing well. But I keep going to her website, and all she does, from what I can see, is blog about blogging and make videos saying I'm very successful at online marketing. But I don't know what that is, and I don't know yeah. where all this money comes from. That's like three sentences in a row that would really confuse an old person. <laughs> <laughs> or um, me. <laughs> Are you uh, calling me old? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's just, you You use those words correctly, but I feel like an old I person has no idea what we're talking about. But I don't know the words. I'm, I don't yeah. know what they mean. Like, I don't. Yeah. I've studied her videos and stuff, and I still don't have any clue what she does or how it's of use to anyone. So um, do you, with people like that, do you ever think about unfriending? No, because I'm so fascinated by it, yeah. and I love reading her updates. I'll even take screen caps of them so I can look at them later, because I'm just like, what is she? Really? How is this a human? Oh, yeah. man. But I'm also, I you know, I admire her for being a Making very Making $1,100 successful... before she gets out of bed. Yeah, she fuck, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, maybe that's what she means by blogging. She means... Um, <laughs> I, I want to revive the feature that we invented um, two shows ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We, we don't have a name for this segment yet. I was calling it Ask Me, Ask You, but that sounds like a weird uh, Dr. Seuss character. <laughs> or like a, an uh, off-Broadway play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like it, though. Okay, one question each. Ready? You first. Okay. I asked you this last night, actually, but I'm asking you again. What would you wear to the Oscars? Oh, uh, I would wear, okay, so picture Bjork's swan costume. Um, dress, that. not a costume, but okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> debatable. Yeah. It was like a dress-tume. Um, yeah. <laughs> except it's a horse that's wrapped around me. <laughs> it's just like a brown horse. And then um, out of my boobs, there's two carrots, like, sticking straight out. <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay. And the movie I'm there for is War Horse 2. <laughs> Okay, what's your question for me? Um, okay, this is kind of boring, but uh, have you ever pooped your pants on any form of public transportation? Or come close? No. No, not even close? No. I, I used to poop in my pants a lot when I was little, but we didn't ever ride public transportation. So <laughs> um, maybe I did on like a bus to like a camp 
like a day camp thing, mm-hmm. but probably not. I definitely pooped my pants at um, at Bush Gardens. <laughs> wow, well, when I was about five. Okay. So yeah, that happened last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that concludes Ask Me, Ask You. We need a theme song for that. Um, <laughs> it's time for Wiki of the Week. So um, this week's Wikipedia page is for um, it's the page for fossil word. Um, this was sent to us by Joe Kowalski. Um, a fossil word is an obsolete word which remains in currency because it's contained within an idiom still in use, uh, which I really like this concept because it's the name for uh, <laughs> uh, this thing that annoys me, which is just words that no one knows what they mean. Oh, and yeah. anyway, it's fun because they have like a whole list of words that like we all say because they're in one phrase, but that we, we don't, but then are not used. Like the word ado, as in without further ado. A muck, as in run amuck, bandy, as in bandy about, or bandy legged. Um, what other ones that I like? Caboodle, uh, as in kitten caboodle. Yeah, you, things you never say. You never just talk about a caboodle. Um, I imagine there's like one total asshole who tries to use all these words just in regular yeah, <laughs> circulation. The <laughs> most annoying steampunk guy you've ever met. Yeah, he's wearing one of those little golfing caps. <laughs> yeah. And with like, like a feather sticking out of and it. Like and like driving goggles. <laughs> Um, batten as in batten down the hatches, right? Um, craw as in sticks in one's craw. Although, like a lot of I've these are that. words, a lot of these are words that we've kind of like invented meanings for. Yeah. Um, the one that surprised us both was desserts as in just desserts. I always, th- it's spelled with one S. It's not the two S's. I always thought it was related to like pudding or. Yeah, I always thought it was just desserts. Like, that's what you deserve is just a piece of cake. (laughs) (laughs) Which we all just invented. That's not what it means at all. But yeah, I mean, listen, if you need to eat humble pie, then that is your just desserts. But I think that's the only, um, I guess that it means like it's, it's, although singular desert in the sense of state of deserving occurs in non-idiom specific. I like that. I haven't, I didn't know Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting to me. Hither. As in come hither or hither and yon. Come hither. Yeah, or hither and thither. Um, immemorial, as in time immemorial. Yeah, you don't use it for anything else. <laughs> fro is in to and fro, which you should only use if you're in a rowboat. <laughs> 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 or a swing, on like oh. a swing set, yeah. right? Yes. Um, <laughs> shebang, as in the whole shebang. But I feel like once Ricky Martin writes a song about it, it's exempt from the fossil words Wikipedia page, I right? I agree. Uh, uh, petard hosted by hoisted by one's own petard. Yeah, what, what is a petard? I don't know. I went to the Wikipedia page for hoisted by one's own petard, and there's no further information. Oh man, no, I don't know what that means. Yeah, your as in days of your, uh, wreak as in wreak havoc, and then havoc probably also is another one. Uh, anyway, turpitude is in moral ter- turpitude. Yeah, hmm. but you can only have moral turpitude. There's no mental turpitude. You can't have sinful. Turpitude. Yeah, or, 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 or just like moral. yeah, I don't know. It's it's just concerning issues of morality, but it's not like culinary. You can't have culinary turpitude or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, mm. I like this vim as in vim and vigor. Oh, I just used that the other day in an email, and then immediately under it, I wrote, "What the fuck did I just write?" <laughs> 
<laughs> also, ulterior, as an ulterior motives. There aren't a lot of these are things where I'm like, I assume that they have other uses, but they don't. Ulterior? I feel like I've heard that in like a, a sense we're talking about parts of the body, like the ulterior or ulterior. I feel bone like or... that's anterior. Oh, yeah. But either way, I don't know what. I just always assume it's like, oh, it's in some kind of relationship with something. I just don't think about what those words mean when I hear them because I know that I won't. At, I'm going to hit my level of, of understanding very soon afterward Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of whatever people are describing with that word. Um, all right. I don't have much more to say about it. Oh, except one of these is spick as in spick and span, which is racist. All right. Let's acknowledge I have something you ladies will like about petard. What? Is that a petard was a small bomb used by the French, and it comes from uh, the French word péter, which means to break wind. Oh. oh. So it's like ruined by your own fart. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, Marcus. You know only to interrupt us with fart stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that about you. That concludes Wiki of the Week. Um, we're very excited about our, fir- our, our first guest today. Um, he's a, a good friend of mine. He's visiting us from L.A. for a while to work for Totally Biased. Um, he is, a, for on which his, he is a writer and performer. Please welcome Guy Branham. Yay. Hello. Hello. Um, I would like to say that Warhorse 2 should be Warhorse 2 um, back in the saddle. <laughs> and I have a lot of issues with your Wikipedia segment. I think s- several of those words are still like... Are in, still in use? Like which I agree, ones? I agree. Um, like your, I think your and ulterior, both um, people know what those mean and they get used periodically. But what, yeah. name one other situation when, in which you've used the word ulterior or someone has. Um, in like, it seems like in law decisions that get used, ulterior inclinations, ulterior like, um, yeah. you know, which but I guess is just ulterior same, motives like again. Ulterior yes. motives, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that maybe pro- I'm wrong, but you're you're probably right, though, that like some of these probably have legal definitions, but that are just not common use. Um, I also like the idea of Jurassic Park words, which are fossil words <laughs> that have been brought back to life <laughs> using frog DNA. <laughs> if we and just invent new sayings then, and new meetings, for yes, words yeah. like exactly. raptor. <laughs> uh, well, they did that in Hebrew. There were all sorts of words in uh, the Bible that nobody really knew what they meant. So when they were making Hebrew up in the 40s or like the 1890s oh, yeah. or whatever, they were just like, eh, we don't have a word for installing solar water heaters and this has something to do with the sun. So let's use, there's some word for like, it had something to do with houses. And so now they use it for an apartment block, but nobody really knew what the word yeah. meant. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Because they, there were so many, <laughs> so many centuries of technology that they <laughs> had not uh, adapted their language for. Well, it's also the great thing about Hebrew is that like um, everything that was invented after Jesus, the word is just the English word. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're Jewish, right? I'm yeah. Jewish. Do you, do you know any Hebrew? Did you have to? Ken ani medaber ivrit katsat ivrit. I said yes. I speak Hebrew, a little Hebrew. (laughs) I recognize the word Ken. Um, uh, Here's here's all I know how to say that my um, uh, security guard on birthright taught me how to say, which I asked her how to say this. It's not an expression. It's not an existing expression until I invented it. Totsi et achosh me tachat, which means... uh, Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. It took 
about an hour for her to teach me how to pronounce that. <laughs> and she thought it was the funniest thing she had ever heard. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Um, well, thank you for coming on our show. You know... Uh, normally it's a struggle for me to think <laughs> about what our guests might know about, but you know a lot about a lot of things. You have like a web series where you teach people stuff yes. called The Factuary. Yes. Yes. It's dead now. Oh. It's a Jurassic web series. <laughs> R.I.P. Or a fossil web yeah. series. Sorry. <laughs> R.I.P. May, may you never be brought to back to life on an island yes. by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> um, but uh, we wanted to talk to you about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm obsessed with the the life and achievements of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I like to read about her and cry. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, she's the second lady on the Supreme Court. But they, they don't realize the extent to which um, in the 70s, like all of the big cases that took women from being, you're a piece of your husband's property to you're a human being. Make some decisions. <laughs> Do you want to have a baby or a career? We're all just like these six magnificent cases that she argued in the 70s um, and then one that she wrote in the 90s. I didn't even know that. So what what were they? Okay. So it started out with um, like, well, the really cool thing is like her husband was a tax lawyer um, and she like, when she graduated from college, she couldn't get a job because she was a woman with uh, like an Ivy League law degree and nobody would employ her because she's going to get pregnant or decide Mm -hmm. that she wants to cook a lot or something like that. (laughs) Um, So she ended up uh, teaching and then got pulled into sort of like gendery things. Um, But her her husband like had this tax case and it came into her. She was an associate professor of gendery things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he was like, read this. And she was like, I don't read tax cases. And it was like, no, read this. Um, And it was a tax case where a guy was trying to get – like uh, a tax benefit for having a dependent that he had to take care of and it was his mom but a single man couldn't get dependent benefits for any for taking care of um, someone because women take care of people Um, and so they like fought this case and the supreme or the like they were fighting the the irs and so the irs came back with this big printout it was exhibit e and they brought this big printout and they were like, well, we can invalidate this law because it would bring into question all of these laws. And it was like 700 laws. And, and they, she was like, cool. They lost, <laughs> yes. They lost the case. And she was like, this is a list. Like, this is a list of what I need to take down. Um, and the first big case was Reed v. Reed, which was 1970, which was. This uh, was like her My Name is Earl, like, yes, layout yes. for the rest of the series. No, exactly. <laughs> and she fucking, she strategized within that so well. Because, like, the NAACP taking on. Um, taking on segregation like it was like 30 or 40 years of just like trying things out and testing things and like challenging separate but equal like here and there and she basically looked at what they had done and condensed that into 10 years of hitting exactly what she wanted to hit and it was kind of great because she got a little bit annoyed about stuff coming up that she didn't want coming up like Roe versus Wade was not an argument she wanted to have in the middle of her saying women are people she didn't want to have to fight O.R. Vetus's people because she was busy Um, but Reed v. Reed was uh, a woman and her her husband who she was separated from their son died like committed suicide because the husband was being terrible to him or something like that and but the father was going to be his the executor of his estate 
because the law always preferred a man to be the executor of the estate. Right. And so that was the first case where the federal government said, mm, you can't be a complete dick to women. And then she went through after that and found like all of these, Frontiero, which was uh, a woman who was in the Air Force whose husband didn't get housing because women don't have dependent husbands who need houses. Men have wives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that. A woman's job's not so supposed to support anyone yes yeah. <laughs> um and then there was uh like the the most tragic case was uh i think it was called wiesenfeld um but it was uh a guy whose wife was the breadwinner she died they had a baby and he had like he worked part-time and he took care of the baby and so he was looking to get like welfare benefits so that he could continue to work part-time but take care of the baby. And they were like, no, you shouldn't. You're a man. You should not be doing that. Um, and <laughs> And she just, she kept finding stuff where men were getting fucked over instead of By women. the patriarchy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it was like, it was the fact that men could identify, like the, because she's, she's arguing to a Supreme Court that's all dudes. Yeah. And like So she was strategically looking for cases where men were adversely affected by the laws against women. Right. Yeah. But that also constructed this concept of like she puts it as like a, a quiet, docile woman and an active, like engaged man. That basically like all of these laws that are meant to protect women are actually turning women into sweet little creatures who can't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one case she was super pissed off about, mm-hmm. but that got her what she wanted. Okay, so like, when you're when you're talking about a civil uh, a civil rights equal protection case, there are like, there's rational basis, which is like any law has to just be a rational, not terrible law, and then there's strict scrutiny, which was applied to racial regulations. Um, after there was one case about Japanese internment, but pretty much Brown versus Board of Education, it was like, if you're making a regulation about race, it needs to be super super on point. Or else it's probably wrong. And she kept <laughs> trying to get people to say that gender was more like race than it was discriminating against someone for being a criminal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, the the case that she got it for, she thought was terribly, terribly frivolous. But it was in, in Oklahoma, a girl could buy 3.2 beer when she was 18, but a boy could only buy 3.2 beer after 21 because you ladies probably aren't going to be driving. <laughs> You're probably going to be with your 24-year-old boyfriend who's, you know, it was... Yeah. Oh, wow. What a weird distinction to even make in a law. Like, I don't know. That's so bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is. It, it's almost not rational. Like, yeah. it's, it's almost not rational. Um, and it seems so subjective. Like, And she just thought it was so frivolous. Like, she thought it was so frivolous, but it was another one of those interesting cases where men were discriminated against and the, the dudes on the Supreme Court we're finally able to be like, you know, if something is fucking around uh, about gender, like it should maybe be, and they moved it up to, they created We shouldn't a, just be cool with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they moved it up to something called intermediate scrutiny, which was a little more like, eh, eh, like should we? Um, and then, you know, good for her. That happens in like 77, 78. She makes um, the United States Court of Appeals for the DC Circuit in 1980. And so after that, she's just, Busy showing that a lady can be a good appeals judge. Then in like 93, gets appointed to the Supreme Court. Immediately, the um, gender desegregation of the Virginia Military Academy comes up in front of her. And the dudes fucking hand it to her. Like, it's so fucking awesome because they're just like, 
oh, hey, Ruth, why don't you write the decision that you were trying to get the Supreme Court to write for a decade? Whoa. And it's so good because she's like, like, there's so many things that like um, women are trying to achieve parody in and people are able to say like, oh, women aren't funny. Oh, women are less fast than men. Why should you even try? But it's just like the past 30 years have really shown us like women are good at the law. Women have been good at the law forever and we did not let them do it until 30 years ago. But here they are and they're good at it. and she she just wrote this decision that was so like, you know, men and women are different and those differences are a thing to be celebrated and that's all wonderful. And we have all of this tradition of law, but hey, if you want to write a law that discriminate against, discriminates against women, you need to have a compelling interest that is narrowly tailored to your purpose. Huh. Um, and like it, she she never got the ERA and she did like the whole time that she was fighting all of these cases she was sort of like, Jesus Christ, if we can just pass the ERA, I can, you know, (laughs) I I can go back and like, you know, attend to my practice and raise my (laughs) children. But, um, but she, she basically wrote into law something that was very close to the ERA. uh, And it was just awesome because like Thurgood Marshall never got to do that. Thurgood Marshall, the whole time he was on the Supreme Court, was just trying to show I'm not a black justice. I'm just a uh, good justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always been... Which is what Obama's doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Obama in his second term is maybe not going to be. Um, we'll see. I, we were all hoping. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, why, don't, why don't you think that she's more celebrated? Because I feel like I haven't heard this much about her. And then when I just glanced at her Wikipedia page today, I was like, oh, my God. Why do, aren't we talking more about her? And how remarkable that is. I think it's the weirdness of being the second woman. Mm-hmm. And being the second woman after, like, O'Connor was great and O'Connor was a, a great justice. But O'Connor was the Republican woman they could find. She has, she was the first one? She, she was the first uh, mm-hmm. su- female Supreme Court justice. And she was, like, an intermediary court judge in Arizona. And, like, she had a Stanford degree and, and like... Her not being further along in her career was definitely the result of her being a woman and her being held back by that. But like there was a lot of, yay, a woman. And then 13 years later, we get the <laughs> second woman and nobody understands that this surly little Jewish lady like <laughs> is going to fuck some shit up and, yeah. and has already been fucking sh- yeah. some shit up for, for some time. But also she's super chill and quiet about what she does. Like Scalia's like really big and blustery about what he does. But yeah, OK, one of the best Here's what Ruth did for me. Here's what Ruth did for me. Um, New hashtag game. um, In 1996, uh, uh, a case came up where Colorado had basically tried to, like some cities in Colorado had passed gay anti-discrimination laws for like housing and stuff. And then the state of Colorado passed a ballot initiative that said you cannot go into a court and argue that you being gay is, is one of the reasons that they did something. Like it was very, very sweeping. And so this went to the Supreme Court because there had never been a Supreme Court case that had ever said gay people have rights. Everything before that had just been, you want to send them to jail for butt fucking? Go for it. Wow. Um, so like here's the first one. It's basically stripping people of many of their legal rights f- for being gay in this state. And they're making a good argument that, hey, if you can make this, if you can send somebody for jail to this, you can discriminate against them for for renting them an apartment. Like mm-hmm. if you can, you can fire them if you can send them to jail for it. Yeah. It's all going beautifully. And they're talking about how these this nefarious small group of homosexuals have gotten into these cities and like gotten themselves rights in these small areas and soon it will grow. And Ruth just leans over and says, 
pardon me, with her lovely Brooklyn accent, <laughs> but isn't that what the early suffragettes did? And there was, it was this beautiful moment of just, hey, if you want to keep going with it, what you're saying, you have to insult me. Yeah. Like, you have yeah. to insult me and another lady who's up here. Yeah. And it was just this beautiful moment of... And it's also like... Where do you want? What side of history do you want to yes. be on? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was just a great moment of like, oh no, I'm here, boys. Like I'm on this side of the bench. Um, it was. <laughs> uh, excuse me. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it's beautiful. And she's always been so good at like figuring out exactly the way to like pose the question and pose the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other really awesome things about her is she, like, her husband was awesome. Like, her husband oh, yeah. was, uh, he got testicular cancer her, his first year at, or his second year at um, at Harvard Law School while she was there with him. So she went to all of his classes and took notes for him and then did all of her classwork as well. Wow. Oh, um, God. Which She's was, like Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it, it meant that after that... And even even before that, he like when he was in the military and she was there on base, she tried to cook for him. It was like their first year of of being married and it went very poorly. This is not something that Ruth does. And he was like, when I get home early enough, I will cook Um, or like (laughs) like just always being there and being weirdly supportive. When she got her job on the uh, on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, everyone assumed like, did you read the Anne-Marie Slaughter having it all? Um, article in. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all about how she had to fly down to DC for her job and then back up mm-hmm. to where her family was. Everyone assumed that Ruth would be doing the same thing, just getting on the, the shuttle every week. And Martin was like, well, no, you're just like, you're a court of appeals judge. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll move where your job is. Oh, you have a better great. job than me. Um, and this, this guy who like at all times was willing to say, I am a very good lawyer. I am not the best lawyer in my house. Women have yeah. to say that all the time. Yeah. But the fact that he was able to do that and like be chill about it and like, because he was a and su- have it not drive him crazy. Yes. Yeah. He was a super well respected tax attorney. Um, it is very hard to find men that will do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just even in dating. Like, oh my men God. who will set so aside their it's like ego. the main problem. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was always my problem. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I wonder why we haven't seen a story about that because you've seen stories about. You know, Mary Todd Lincoln, like, c- collapsing, you know, yeah. crying for something from her husband. But you've never really seen a story about – we've seen stories about how women made dudes possible, but not about it's how a dude always made about a woman that. possible. Yeah. Every kind of – any kind of biopic is about that. It's so annoying and frustrating and, and uh, redundant. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen The Iron Lady. It's terrible. Oh. And, <laughs> it's bad. I mean, her husband is just, um, he's a ghost for most of it. Like, oh, <laughs> Thatcher's literally. amazing. Like, Thatcher's a ridiculously yeah. awesome story, but they didn't show any of those moments where she had to pull some crazy shit to get taken seriously. Like, no. you, you never saw her, be- because Thatcher also fascinates me a I, I like women who did stuff. Yeah. Um, and Thatcher is sort of the most... A, it's the first time we had a lady who wasn't related to somebody. 
get in charge of a country except for Golda Meir. And Golda Meir was a little bit of a, let's let grandma be in charge for a couple of years. She's been in the cabinet for the past 20 years. <laughs> but Thatcher was more of a get out of my way, breathe fire on people, no, this is what we believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, also with Golda Meir, like Israel was a very new country. Yes. Too, and very progressive when it started. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Israel, Israel didn't ha- have to, it had to, it was able to scrap a lot of tradition and just be, nicely socialist in a way that a lot of countries can't. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Britain is a country of white guys. Yeah. And she managed Britain to be... Britain is entrenched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, there, like, you know, there was a great moment where she slams down this, like, super conservative book of economics on the cabinet table and is like, this is what we believe. And, like, after that, that's what everyone believes. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, they kept expecting her to turn around on some point of policy and like in big famous speech she was like you turn the lady's not for turning and it was <laughs> Dang. Just, like she was very 1980s TV cop about a lot of things horrible <laughs> devastated her country in a number of ways right, right. super racist don't agree with a lot of things she did yeah. uh, but you have to respect I, I think and, and that's always a question for me with feminism is how much am I imposing my male notions of mm-hmm. what a person should be and of what power is. Of what yeah. po- yes. But I like Thatcher. I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's like, it's. I feel like women are so frequently in a situation of, why can't we cooperate? If we could cooperate, things could be fine, and then men take things from you. Yeah. And the one woman, and she isn't the only woman, but those women who have been like, no, I will keep my things, thank you, and I will take some of yours if you try to take some of mine. Mm-hmm. I That kind of bad attitude appeals to me but the, and that's the thing about Ginsburg is that like Ginsburg is so fucking it's why she's not famous because she's well measured yeah like she's she's <laughs> yeah. quiet and well measured and stylish and isn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and like um and she she had a dude who didn't have a problem with that and like he he made and she had a like her mom was really into educating her because they only had one child and it, like at the beginning, her story is really crazy because it is one of those, how does a woman dodge all of the challenges to get a good education in a world that's saying you should probably just settle down? Yeah. And yeah. like she ended up at Columbia because that's the good school that took women and Jews. She, <laughs> oh, uh, she went to Harvard Law School and the first week that she was there, there were nine spots for girls. So she and the nine girls go to a reception at the president's um, at the, the president's house, and he says, "So, why do you think it's okay that you took a spot from a man?" <gasps> like this is a conversation he had with every woman there. She freaks out. She starts to stand up to respond to him. She drops an ashtray off of her skirt. She like freaks out, cleans it up, and then says, <laughs> "Like her response was, well, I think it will be good that I understand my husband's work." And like that <laughs> moment. <laughs> That moment always makes me feel better about every time you've had like a weird slight or a weird moment where Mm -hmm. you didn't like take it on. Just sort of realizing that this bitch who made it happen said, I just want to be a good wife. That Uh, reminds me of something Tina Fey said about, um, I finally read that article on why women aren't funny that, uh, what's his name? Hitchens. Hitchens wrote. And it made me so furious and I Googled it to find other reactions to it because I just didn't know what to do with my anger. And Tina Fey said something about it where if they're not standing in your way, like directly blocking you from what you need to do, just... Let it go. And yeah. then when you're in control, don't hire them. And that's all you can do. Just sometimes you just need to 
Yeah, just getting the notion of being undeniable instead of right. Instead of you yourself fighting being your successful is an argument against what they said. You yeah. don't need to actually argue against it. Um, yeah. And getting caught in the rage can be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> too, especially right. because a lot of times the people who are outspoken enough about it mm-hmm. are not really looking for a dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And know? that anger will just eat you up and yeah. and take all your time and yeah. uh, it's also yeah. frustrating to me because like comments like that for the people who are saying them, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. For you it is personal. Yeah. When men when men deny oh, God, the word that article made yeah. me cry. I mean I just I was so furious. Right? How yeah. could he, how how could he do that? Yeah. Yeah. I we shouldn't still be talking about it, but we are. Yeah. yeah. Um uh well it's I mean it's the whole thing of just the various ways that a person can say you're not a person with women it's always the yeah. weirdest because like you live in men's houses it's not like you're not there it's not yeah. like you're not saying things like yeah. every day but you know we've, yeah. we've got these structures in place but it but it is important to like <laughs> fucking makes it all very complicated <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of the dynamics of fucking um, justify a lot of like there's a lot of feelings happening <laughs> also where do we find our Marty Ginsburg where do we find <laughs> yeah uh, um, where's my Marty Ginsburg <laughs> <laughs> mine's doing pretty good <laughs> yeah say. Lisa is in in a rare relationship with uh, where they are both creative successful people oh. who are not in competition with each other that's lovely he's a better Marty Ginsburg than I could ever be. <laughs> I'm much more petty and jealous of his yeah. success than he's but, of mine. And we've talked about this on the show a lot. It's like I think probably like I I I found I was a fan of Lisa's before uh-huh. I met her yeah. and before I met her boyfriend. I met her boyfriend first. And when I found out that they were dating, it, like, raised my level of respect for him a lot. <laughs> you just thought he was some buffoon. Uh, well, I mean, like, I, I just didn't know anything about yeah. him. But then yeah. when I was like, oh, you have a cool girlfriend who does notable work. And that's that, very cool. And that doesn't threaten you. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Um, but the point about um, Tina Fey and, and hiring the person, mm-hmm. just not hiring that person, is sort of, like, there's that interesting challenge of in the process of becoming part of the system, not becoming so much part of the system that you don't remember people who like you had who had difficulty getting into the system. Yeah. One of uh, so when Ginsburg applied for a Supreme Court uh, clerkship, there had only been one female Supreme Court clerk, and she was like from a well-connected Western family, who and she had gotten picked by a guy who was very into oh I picked rugged people from the West, and it was during World War II when there weren't enough men. So, but Ginsburg's a- application had to go to Felix Frankfurter because she was part of the Northeastern Jewish, into, like, she was only going to, her professors who liked her were only going to know Felix Frankfurter because they were all Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like, no. And even when she, when it was, she just, she got a federal clerkship, but the guy made her have a dude who would back her up for if she got pregnant. Oh, like, oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but there, there is that sense of like, because I feel like stand-up turns you into a dude. Stand-up turns you into a dude <laughs> who <laughs> like, um, who says mean things and can take mean things being said at you. Um, yeah. And like, it's, I just think it's important to, once you get to your, once you are, are up once you are going to like have a little more room in your heart for the people who are having for whom it's a little harder to get into the conversation after shows you know like for 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely like. I don't. I don't strictly enforce this policy, but it's generally been my policy since I started stand up. And you know, the second you start, people start asking you for help. Yeah. My policy has always been: I'm not helping any more white dudes get yeah. in this go. You know, like, <laughs> not straight white dudes, um, but like. But no, it's not you're sabotaging them or blocking no, them. No, it's just, just not, that like it's just that about you have the comedy, be... Emily. It's just about who's funny. <laughs> but it's also it's, it's like you know. If you if if you're a straight white dude and you want to get into comedy, just do it. <laughs> Don't ask me for help. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I I have nothing invested in you getting good at it. Frankly, I'm just a selfish person, but I benefit from there being more talented women and yeah. people of color doing it. Um. <laughs> but Emily, I mean, if you could share your connections with them, it would be generous of you. And... It really is amazing how much people will ask of you the second. I know. Yeah. <laughs> At least knows that too. Yeah. <laughs> I've been asked for some ridiculous shit. <laughs> um, well, fucking man. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's my new hero. Have you ever written to her? Um, okay. <laughs> I have I have two stories. I have two stories. Uh, the one comes uh, later chronologically. Um, my friend Joel's grandpa was on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and he was a Jew. Fifth Circuit is like Louisiana and Texas, so that was kind oh, of a wow. thing that he was yeah. a Jew. Um, but his his grandparents were friends with the Ginsburgs, and they had a bunch of uh, when his grandma died. She had a bunch of classical music, and Joel's roommate was going through them. And uh, the Ginsburg's son went to law school, but then started a like a, a classical music. What do you call the music conservatory? Uh, no, like a label. Uh, oh, oh, a record and, label. Yeah, like yeah. a record label. Uh, and it was from it was a lovely note from Ruth to Joel's grandmother. <sighs> and there's there's also that weird dynamic of like you're the lady judge, but like you're. But like you're still socializing with the wife, you know, yeah, like yeah. that is and not that I think that's a bad thing. It's just like as a dude, it's something for me to remember and just sort of like understanding the social environment and what Ruth's wor- world yeah. was like. I definitely feel like that. Yeah. As as a comedian who like when I show up to comedy events, it's not always understood that I am a comedian. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I very frequently like I like talking to comedians, girlfriends, but yeah. it definitely <laughs> feels like I've. I sometimes like because no one else is interested in talking to them, I do it. And <laughs> which it's like it's not that they're not interesting people. It's just like you want to talk to your peers about your work. Like, yeah. well, I, and it means it feels like that I'm relegated to the non-comedian portion of the conversation. I, Thanks to talking to me, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I feel in that situation too, so, like very, very frequently. Um, it is probably more by choice on on my part, but it is still like. You're not in the because, conversations that yeah. are making things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other one was, I, um, oh, <laughs> so I was just fascinated by Marty and, like, <laughs> all of the, like, little ways that he was, like, uh, cool and chill and awesome and, like, like rolled with and he was proud of her. He's, he seemed legitimately like proud that this woman was as awesome mm-hmm. as she was. They uh, apparently he was the first person while she was at Cornell who when she was out on a date with him asked, "What do you want to do?" Oh. Like everybody w- went out with her and was like, "I am going to be a dentist." And he was like, "What are you going to do with yourself?" Um so I went to his <laughs> That's still a problem. That yes. guy's don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I went to his bio at the law firm where, you know, he was an of counsel with a big fancy law firm for like uh, big deal tax cases like Ross Perot in the 80s had like a big tax problem and he like took care of it for him. So Ross sort of like smoothed the way when um, Ruth was going through confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Marty's profile was hilarious. Like Marty's profile was just like really, really well written. Um, and like it made jokes about his golf scholarship to undergrad and about his disappointment when (laughs) he got to Harvard and realized that there was no golf program um, (laughs) and about how he moved to D.C. when his wife got a very good job. And um, he he always, he would never say the Supreme Court, he would always say very good job. (laughs) And um, was always very active, like cooking for the Supreme Court and spousing (laughs) it up. Like spousing it up. Um, And the Supreme Court actually now has uh, the, the other spouses got together and, like, from recipes he had given the wives, put together a cookbook Aww. from Marty. <laughs> but I emailed Marty Ginsburg. I should have brought it. I should have brought it. Yeah. And he replied to me. He said, I was like, you're super funny. I'm a comedy writer. I just wanted to let you know if you ever decide to change careers, you just talk to me. And he, he said, his response was great. It was like, my students so frequently suggest that I change careers. <laughs> But I think not for the reasons <laughs> that your very good note implies. And it was like, there's just something so awesome about that. Like, he he clearly could handle any misconstruction of a situation. Like, him being funny makes that possible. Yeah. Him mm-hmm. being funny allows him to deal with, like, all of the occasions where shit gets talked at him like for being Mr. Bader mm-hmm. or you know or f- for for her having the career and, and this guy who had a ridiculously successful <laughs> career yeah just by any measure just yes <laughs> being being 80% of his wife's career yeah. like and so many women like have to fight and scrape to be there and he just seemed to be happy there and i really think that like <laughs> you know Almost losing his like almost losing his life and losing one of his nuts <laughs> and having this lady make it work. Yeah. I think probably gave him perspective for yeah. the rest of life. <laughs> also, they had like four cancers between the two of them. Because oh Jews God. love cancer. Oh boy. Yeah, we really do. I mean it's <laughs> looking forward it's also, to that. <laughs> uh, where our hypochondria comes from. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew that was a defense mechanism. <laughs> we're I think we're we're out of time, so we won't get to talk to you about grains, which is the other topic you said you wanted to talk about. We'll have to have if you, you have back. a quick thought you want to give us about quinoa. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Quinoa, fuck Jared Diamond. There were nice, good grains to be had here. It's so full of protein. If only those Aztecs had gotten themselves together and gotten it more efficient. <laughs> Guy Branham, everybody. Um, Inca's not where Aztecs. can people Where can people find your stuff? And can you stick around for Expert Hour? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, they can find me at Guy Branham on Twitter and at my website that's poorly updated. <laughs> uh, Guy Branham. And go watch The Factuary on YouTube. It's got lots of information about Canada. Yeah, and our delightful friend Alex Cole is in it yep. as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Guy Branham, everybody. Yay. Thank you. It's time now for Expert Hour. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We need an expert. We need an expert. We need an expert hour. Welcome to Expert Hour. Um, our expert this week will be speaking to us about the topic of 
teens, our most sought-after demographic on this show, <laughs> uh, please welcome uh, David McWilliams. Hi, guys. Uh, quick correction. It's actually McWilliams David. I know uh, last oh. name first, first name last. It's it's just uh, okay. That's, oh. that's how it is. All right. All right. Well, um, sorry. So you go by McWilliams? Just is that yes. What that's, we that's, should call that's you, or Mr. Mc, David. Or? Uh, Mc, McWilliams. Okay, please. McWilliams. Um, thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. Thank um, you. Could you tell us a little bit about your area of expertise, like how you got into the? Uh, well, I'm an expert on teens. Uh, you know, just just teen talk. You know, teen postures. Just <laughs> teens. All the kind of good stuff teens are into. Uh, and just kind of what it means to be a teen. I'm great at understanding teens and just kind of knowing what's what's going on in a teen's mind. You know, so a lot of parents will contact me to uh, to like if they're having trouble with their teen, I'll I'll be like, well, well, this is what your teen's trying to say to you. Just communicating oh. with them and and you know figuring yeah. out what's are oh, you, okay. Are you a psychologist or? Uh... Yeah, I, uh, I I majored in in psychology at a uh, University of Alabama. And uh, I had a, a focus in adolescent behavior, but I actually requested that they listed as teen schemes on my <laughs> on my diploma. Did so, they did they comply with that request? They did comply. So that's very cool. Cool. Um, like, and whatever, as long as you pay tuition. <laughs> I, we understand that you've written a book on the topic too. Yeah, I just had a book published. It's called uh, "Hard Dicks and Skateboard Tricks." <laughs> What's really going on in your teen's mind? So um, check it out. It's a little. Hard to come by. It was done on a university press, so it goes about three hundred bucks a copy. It's mostly in university libraries for uh, for educational purposes. But. Oh, okay. McWilliams, I have a question about um, hard uh, hard dicks and skateboard <laughs> tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any photos or illustrations? Because I'm interested in skateboard tricks. Uh, no photos. <laughs> no photos. Just a text. Just a text. Okay. It's not a just. It's not an instructional thing on how to do skateboard tricks. So if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking to get into skateboard <laughs> tricks, uh, you'll, you'll probably want to look elsewhere. You're going to want to email Lisa yeah. directly. <laughs> yeah. you know. I'll teach you everything you want to know. Yeah, this this ain't no Tony Hawk stuff we got going on here. <laughs> so, okay, so teenagers, mm-hmm. what are they thinking? Well, I'll say one thing. There's three key things that really make up a teenager, that okay. their, their interests and just really what kind of run their lives. That's extreme sports. <laughs> Fruit-flavored snacks <laughs> and getting their dick sucked. Okay, <laughs> so that's that's the kind of sort of holy trinity of of teens. And is that both male and female teens? Male and female teens, <laughs> yeah. all about getting their dick sucked. <laughs> yeah. I well, hey, I when I was a teenager, I had a very vivid sex dream about getting a blowjob. Wow! From Alice, from Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> and it was the best dream I've ever had. I could feel it happening, and I woke. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. lo- and I'm going to bet that day you had some uh, fruit-flavored snacks, I'll bet. <laughs> I bet I did. See? Yeah. yeah it's, a real, it's an important part of being a teen. Um, our, <laughs> I, I would just like to, uh, on, on those subjects, just ask you to talk a little bit about uh, gushers. Gushers? Uh, yeah. Those are a big one. The, the flavor explosion is a big deal <laughs> among, among teens. Yeah, they're talking um, about it a lot. I think, yeah, I think that's that. Uh, I actually, there's a small chapter in my book about how Gushers is kind of the the fruit snack that sort of is almost like a gateway to 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 blowjobs. Yeah, so. I can see that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's familiarizing people with the experience of yeah. very explosive wetness. Yeah, kind of yeah. sort of a surprise. They're also a bit like zits, which teens are also. 
yeah. pretty familiar well, with. Right? I'm not familiar, but what? Oh, really? Um, yeah, I most, feel like teens have to deal with acne a lot. Uh, That's a... Not something I've come across in my research, oh, but wow. um, but but you know, I guess I'll, you know, we all had different growing ups, so maybe maybe it's different yeah. now. When I was a teen, it was yeah. A big I mean, deal. I feel like when I was a teenager, my interests were were pretty varied too. Like I was, you know, I was really into music. I was really into comic books. Like I I wasn't really into extreme sports at all. That's I, I personally I find that hard to believe. Um, there <laughs> maybe you could be repressing something. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe you but, were uh, and you just forgot. Well, I mean, you, there's also sub sub extreme sports like devil sticks and hacky sacks. Maybe were you into uh, those? Okay, yeah, was those really, do yeah. fall. I did like to hack. Under, yeah. yeah, they fall under the the umbrella of extreme sports. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. So it it really does sound pretty simple then if it's if it's three main areas so why do you think it's so difficult for parents to talk to their teenagers they just don't know the lingo they don't know the buzzwords you know it's uh they 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 have trouble understanding what a teen wants and again that's why that's where i get a lot of my work from is parents come to me and they basically have me kind of translate what their teen is talking about do you think if more parents watched the amanda bynes film what a girl wants that they would understand what their teen i think if more parents watched um commercials for snacks then i think they would (laughs) i think that would really help their understanding a lot that's actually where most uh, the majority, probably 90, 95% of my research comes from is watching uh, commercials for snacks. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. how you got your research is just watching ads? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 all about teens. You know, we got we got Fantas. We got we got Gushers, like you mentioned. We yeah. got, you know, extreme sports. And then, and, you know, and then there's there's TV shows that have lots of people getting their dick sucked. So that's where that. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Well, so what are some of these buzzwords that kids use that parents don't understand? Let's see, I got a list of buzzwords oh, right, right, right okay, here for good. you. Um, break it down this is like the you. opposite of fossil words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw some out before you. And if you are, aren't sure what one means, just stop me and I'll, I'll explain it to you. Okay. Um, Wi-Fi. <laughs> iPads. <laughs> soda. Uh, MySpace. Yeah. Tie-dye. <laughs> Cargo shorts. Okay, we've yeah. talked about cargo shorts uh, on the show. These aren't really buzzwords. Zach Braff. Buzzword. <laughs> uh, guitar solos. Uh, handos. Wait, what's a hando? Um, that's like a blowjob, but with a hand. Done with, done with <laughs> okay. a hand. Okay. Um, uh, electric shocks. A hando calrissian is if a black guy does it. Uh, kangaroos. I don't know why those are really big among teens. What? Um, just the, the, an, the animal? Just the kangaroo? animal? The animal, um, just the kind of concept of kangaroos. Uh, <laughs> autographs. Teens love autographs. <laughs> Whoopee cushions. Stink bombs. <laughs> pranks in general. Uh, skateboard tricks. Uh, totinos. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, a, a big one is uh, Sunny D. Sunny, oh, sunny, sunny D. D. Sunny okay. D. That's been so popular that's, for a that's while. Just the, How much the of drink. your research uh, involves actually talking to real teenagers? Uh, I pers- I've never met a teen myself, but um, even when you were a teenager, uh, yeah, I was I was uh, schooled at at home by my parents, so no, I was not introduced oh, to teens. Wow. Oh. Okay. So this is so this is interesting. So in what 
in what ways have your theories been tested of of like how to use this information to talk well, to? You know, I mean, I've done the research. You know, I put in the hours, I put in the work. It's kind of like <laughs> when someone's decoding an ancient language. You know, you work backwards. People find they find runes and they they work backwards from there. But I that's watch... because what they're studying doesn't exactly exist anymore. Whereas what you're studying is you, you, there's all, all around. There's billions of primary sources just walking around, terrifying people. That you could just Teenagers be, are terrifying. Yeah. So you're saying if I find a rune and start studying that rune, it doesn't exist anymore? I mean, no, I mean I'm like, holding this rune in my hands, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe, I think it exists. <laughs> maybe that was a bad way to say yeah. what I meant. But, uh, you, I mean, don't you think that talking and studying actual live teenagers would uh, help your work? Or enhance it. You know, we all have different ways of doing this. Some people like getting right into the field. Some people like to hit the books. I'm more of a books man myself. So. <laughs> or a TV watcher. Well, I guess that does provide you like a unique sort of unbiased perspective mm-hmm. in that, you know, you're, you're you know, studying it from the outside. It's kind and of I like... think that's why I understand them so well because I'm not really clouded by them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a parent who's having trouble understanding their teen, this parent is, is around this teen all day, you know, just going out on, on picnics, Baseball games, um, uh, sporting well, events. Well, I don't know if that's uh, every day. Concerts. Um, again, these are more buzzwords. Yes, if yeah. you're taking notes, you might want to write these oh, down. Yeah. Um, Concerts. But yeah, you know, they're around these teens every day, and they basically adapt to it, so they don't understand. You know, they 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 can't remove themselves from that. And, they can't be objective see. about exactly. Their perspective. Exactly. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, can I ask, what were you like as a teenager? Uh, as a teenager, I mean, I was your typical teenager. I loved extreme sports, <laughs> uh, loved uh, fruit-flavored snacks, and you don't know, really want to get my dick sucked. So, <laughs> you know, just like just like your typical teen. Yeah. I, I actually have a question. McWilliam, um, it's McWilliam, right? McWilliams. McWilliams. Nice. Like, like the last name, McWilliams, but it's my first name. When you were a teenager, <laughs> did you ever at any point choose the purple stuff over Sunny Day? <laughs> Good question. Uh n- you, no, you never choose the purple stuff. You know? that's, I mean, it, one why, advice why do moms I buy it. Though? I don't know, and I actually that's one of the first pieces of advice I give to parents is don't even buy the purple stuff. <laughs> it's just gonna piss them off. Yeah, it's just gonna piss them off. You know, it's like putting a, a red cape in front of a bull. All right, just get that. <laughs> purple stuff out of there. You're not drinking it. They're not drinking it. Who needs it? That's a good point. I do remember being furious as a teen when my parents got the wrong kind of snack. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. There's it's a big deal. Uh, again, and also my, my book comes with a list of snacks that, that <laughs> you can get for your teens. Yeah. Yeah. What's like the top requested um, snack for... Uh, unfortunately, Doritos 3Ds, which are no longer being made, but oh, wow. sur- right directly after that is um, nacho cheesier Doritos. So mm. Doritos are a big thing. Another, and again, another key word. If you, if you're having trouble talking to your teen, I find that just kind of throwing these key words into your conversation will kind of help calm them down a little bit and make the make Just make your dialogue allow work them a to better. sort of focus on what you're saying a yeah. little bit more. So you know, Emily, let's say uh, let's say you are my teen, okay, and uh, I and I'm trying to reprimand you because I I just found out that you were spray painting some f bombs on, <laughs> on some walls, as I was known to do. I'd be like, hey, listen, Embo Doritos, <laughs> I'm listening. What you did <laughs> wasn't scat, okay. You you know you blasted you blasted the peas all, all over all up on those bricks and uh, skateboards MySpace uh, so you know 
Uh, and <laughs> you have to understand, your mother and I are going to have to to punish you for this. Uh, Wi-Fi, Twitter. Uh, so you, you just understand that your mom and I really care about you. Uh, Zach Braff, um, <laughs> electricity. So... So that's why you're being punished. Kangaroos, guitar solos, lava lamps. <laughs> and then, you know, I you know, putting those words in helps yeah. focus them and just and relax well, a little bit. As your teenager, I just want to say I'm really sorry I let you down. Hey, no problem. You know, that's that's a big part of being a teen is you make mistakes and you learn. <laughs> um, well, I want to I feel like uh since since we were teenagers, a lot has changed about being a teenager. Like the internet means culture moves a lot faster, slang changes a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you stay on top of what's happening? Well, I mean, the roots are still there. You know, it's, there's, there is a lot of stuff, but when it comes down to it, it's still all about extreme sports, fruit-flavored <laughs> snacks, and getting your dick sucked. So yeah. it's, you know, yeah, sure, we have some new things thrown in, like uh, Twitter and blogospheres, um, <laughs> uh, RSS feeding, um, MP3, yeah. M4A. You know, we got we got all these thrown in. But again, when it comes down to it, it's still the roots. The roots of everything are the same. It seems like those words don't actually mean anything to you. Which words? Do like M4A and like Twitter. Well, you know, it's just that's just the teen talk. That's yeah. how they're talking these days. That's it's just it's just meaningless lingo. That's the lingo. I mean, Twitter yeah. is a is a very popular social networking website that people use. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm I'm sure adults adults are using it. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But in, again, it's. Like you go on Twitter, find a teen's um, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter post, <laughs> and what's it going to be about? Taylor Swift. No, getting your dick sucked. Getting your dick sucked. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or uh, fruit flavored snacks or extreme sports. You know, I'm getting it. Sure, so we like have a... the yeah, we have these new <laughs> mediums that they're communicating with, but they're communicating about the same stuff. It's like that base level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it's yeah. for teens. You need those snacks. Don't ever it. say that to a teen. <laughs> right there. That that's that's like dumping purple stuff right down their throat. I, I mean, got it. There's no that. teens in this room. Thank yeah. God. They'd be out of here. Guy, did you have yeah. a question? Oh um uh, no. <laughs> uh, you 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 mentioned Taylor Swift and you said earlier that you knew a lot about teen postures. Why oh, do, postures, yeah. Why does why does Taylor Swift hunch over like that? Uh, probably because she's you know thinking about extreme sports and fruit flavored snacks <laughs> and getting her dick sucked. So that's that you know causes hunching? that yeah. I mean, like it's it's basically you know I know women don't get them, but I think it all comes from. Hide trying to hide an erection. Um, <laughs> that 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 sort of hunched over posture is basically how you can sort of get the the genitalia further away from from the Makes the sense. denim just, of your pants. That well, really... women are just trying to hide their boobs. I yeah. think. Yeah. But there's that, and it's also you know it's it's this stuff. It's it's communicated. So you're in school, and all the boys are making this posture. The 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 women may start making this posture just because that seems to be the cool thing that's going on. Right, so. right. Yeah, what other postures do teens like to do? Uh, leaning against a, a pole. That's a big one. That's a <laughs> that's real cool. big one. Yeah. Leaning against a pole, it, it has a lot of meaning to it. Um, when a teen leans against a the pole, they're saying, hey, don't mess with me. You know? Yeah. They're saying, this is my pole. 
and I don't, I don't, I don't give an arze, okay? Um, and so can we uh, so, curse? Yeah, you can, you can curse. I don't give a rat's a. We, you know, <laughs> the, that's that's a big posture. Another one is um, uh, you're back to the wall with one of your feet up on the wall as well. Oh yeah, oh. I've seen kids do that. That's a big teen posture. It's a yeah. big teen posture. James Franco did that a lot on Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah. that's that was a very very good depiction of a teen. Kind of an alpha portrayed. teen move. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. bet he spent a lot of a lot of time. I think he's he's one of those actors who really studies his roles. He's probably watching a lot of um, commercials for snacks while he was <laughs> preparing for that role. Just really getting method with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're running out of time. Um, are there any sort of like, you know, final sort of parting thoughts you want to leave people with about about teenagers like tips for dealing with them I you know they can be very difficult again it's just you gotta try to come up to their level you know up to their level up to their level yeah. they're working on a higher level of thinking oh, than wow. we are you know they've got <laughs> they've got a larger vocabulary with all these buzzwords like yeah. you know your mom and dad ain't here talking about guitar solos and rollerblades all right <laughs> but you know teens are teens are and uh, you, you gotta if you want to relate to them you gotta know the the buzzwords. The buzzwords, yeah. You gotta get the right snacks, and yeah. you gotta you gotta just you know learn some learn some skateboard tricks. That's a big yeah. part of it. All right, well, uh-huh. I'll work on it. <laughs> um, uh, Mick Williams, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, if people want to find out more about your work. Mm-hmm. Just uh, do- check me out on MySpace, and I love I love hanging out on 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 Twitter. Just just chatting chatting <laughs> chatting it up. Tweeting it up. All right. Awesome. Very cool. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Uh, I learned a lot about how to talk to teens, Doritos, Tostinos, (laughs) Sunny D, Wi-Fi. We're going to get so many new (laughs) listeners now. (laughs) I know. If you're a teenager, please write into us. (laughs) McWilliams, what did you learn today? It's uh, if you're if you're a teenager, uh, zap us an zap us an email. That's okay. they're not going to understand. Zap what us you an just, email, just guys. Said, zap so. us. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. What did yeah. you? But what did you learn today? What did I learn? Um. I I learned a lot about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Word up, mm-hmm. guy. What did you learn today? Fascinating stuff about purple stuff. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I never knew. I never knew. I've yeah. never tried it myself. But yeah. I assume and somebody now, must like it. And now you never will. Yeah. But teens do love purple drink. So. Oh, yeah. That's, but that's a difference. There's a they difference between drink and stuff. There's a difference between drink and stuff. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Mick Williams, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm just, sorry. I was making kind of a joke. I'm, you know, I didn't mean to rally it's, it's, you. It's, it's, it's a very sensitive issue. I've, had a lot of, <laughs> I've seen a lot of families fall apart because of that. So. <laughs> You really are in the business of keeping families together, and I appreciate that about you. Um, Emily, what did you learn? What did I learn today? I learned um, the real meaning of the word petard. (laughs) Um, I also uh, learned to appreciate uh, both Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Marty Ginsburg more than I did before. Um, And, you know, I just – I learned – that's it. That's all I learned. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say something really profound and touching. I know. I like that I kind of set that up for you I guys. I learned and... the meaning of friendship. Yes. And uh, teenagers. <laughs> I learned about teenagers, our 
our most sought-after demographic. Are you listening? Please let us know. Teens and cops. Zap us an email. Catch catch you all in the sleeves. Please do email us, babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. Rate us on iTunes. Do all of the things that indicate that you like us. (laughs) That's what we want. Um, You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm at Lisa Draws. Thanks to Marcus at Cape Comedy Radio. Um, Listen to all their other podcasts. Yeah. And um, just keep... Keep Thanks, on. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses,